0: Chapter 15 of the Rat Race by J. Franklin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The events which brought me into the office of Edward Lamb, deputy director of the FBI, on Friday the thirteenth had developed so rapidly that I could scarcely believe that less than twenty-four hours had passed since Harcourt had taken me into custody. We had gone to the federal courthouse in a taxicab paid for by me where I was placed alone in a room for fifteen minutes. At the end of that period, I was informed that Washington had asked that I be sent down for direct interrogation at the Bureau. I was told that if I preferred, I could demand a formal warrant of arrest, but that Mr. Vale, who had been released with an apology, advised me to go, and that I could confirm it by telephone, which I did. I was told that there was still no formal charge against me, but they asked if i would let myself be fingerprinted to this i agreed and then sat back while arrangements were completed to fly me down to washington from the LaGuardia airport harcourt was to accompany me that had been all they allowed me to phone germaine and tell her i was going to washington and invite her to join me there as soon as i could get hotel accommodations the fbi put me up for the night in one of their manhattan hideouts an old house on east 80th street and in the morning harcourt and i had taken the plane the clock had barely touched noon when i was told that mr lamb was ready to see me lamb was a pleasant youngish man with that inevitable faint hoover chubbiness whose roomy office with its deep leather easy chairs spelled power in the fbi i was amused to note that he followed rule one of whistle-stop detection by seating me in a deep chair facing the light while he sat at his desk on a definitely higher level and with the light behind him well mr tompkins he began we've had disturbing reports about you from at least three different sources frankly we still don't know what to make of them and the director thought it would be better if you came here and talked to us always glad to help if you tell me what the reports are i'll try to explain Lamb glanced at a file of papers on his desk. The first one is an allegation that you aren't Winfred S. Tompkins, but an imposter who has kidnapped Tompkins and taken his place. That report was anonymous, and we don't attach any particular importance to it, although, if necessary, we could use it to detain you for questioning under the Lindbergh Law. I stretched out my hands towards him. My fingerprints were taken last night, I said. They ought to settle that question. Lamb laughed. Unfortunately, he admitted, it takes a little time to establish identity by fingerprints. The first tentative identification suggested by yours was a man named Jonas Lee. He is a Negro, currently employed in the Charleston Navy Yard. However, I think we can assume that the final identification will bear you out. They're working on it now. There was a buzz, and he picked up the desk telephone. Oh, they do, he remarked. Good. He turned back to me. That was the fingerprint division. They're your prints, all right, so we'll cancel the kidnapping charge. What's the second strike on me? That's a report phoned in by one of your partners, that you seemed to expect President Roosevelt's death two or three days before it happened. I did, I explained. A man named Axel Roscommon came to my office, said that he was the chief Nazi agent in the United States, and told me that Roosevelt had been poisoned at Yalta. I had already reported Roscommon to the Bureau, and was told to let him alone. Roscommon said that only a few people, including Roosevelt, knew about the poisoning. I wanted to pass on the warning, but was told that it was too late, that I would simply expose myself to suspicion so what i did was to make normal business preparations to take advantage of its effect on the stock market Lamb looked up at the ceiling and remained silent for a few minutes so that's the way it was he said for your personal information mr tompkins roscommon told the director the same thing a month ago but when mr hoover tried to warn the secret service he had his ears slapped back if i'd known about the roscommon angle in your case I would have told the New York office not to worry. I thought, perhaps, that this was another angle on the same story. "'Do you believe that President Roosevelt was assassinated, Mr. Lamb?' I asked, point-blank. He shrugged his shoulders. "'No, I do not,' he replied. Not officially, that is. It is not inconceivable, and the Secret Service is so set in its ideas and methods that, well, frankly, I'd rather not believe it.' I have no evidence, aside from a verbal warning, which might have been coincidence. Some of our toxicologists say that it could be done. Others deny that there is a virus which can produce the symptoms of a paralytic stroke. In any case, it's outside of our jurisdiction. I heaved a sigh of relief. Thank God I'm clear of that one, I said. I shouldn't like to be mixed up, even by accident, in anything like that. I remember what happened to Dr. Mudd." Lamb nodded. "'The doctor who bandaged Booth's leg after the murder of Lincoln. Yes, I can see your point.' "'How about the third charge?' I asked. Lamb looked serious. "'That's not going to be so easy, Mr. Tompkins,' he announced. Harcourt reports that he doesn't think there's anything to it, but Naval Intelligence has the jitters about this Alaska business.' It seems to be pretty well established that on the afternoon of April 2nd, you stated that the USS Alaska had been sunk in an explosion off the Western Aleutians. That was over ten days ago, and there is still no word from the carrier. The last report came from Attic, which had picked the ship up by radar on the 1st. The report given us was that you represented that it was all a dream what worries the navy about this explanation is that no public announcement had ever been made of the alaska's launching or commission she's a sneak carrier built under stringent security regulations and until you came into the picture the navy was pretty sure that there'd been no leak i nodded dismally knowing the navy i replied i can see how they feel all that i can suggest mr lamb is that this is a case of mental telepathy there have been plenty of other instances of it on record often they call it intuition or second sight i can only say that if you investigate and can find any other explanation i'll be delighted i don't think that admiral ballister he's the present head of oni though they change so fast we almost lose count will be satisfied with the theory that it is a case of esp that's extrasensory perception. And there have been plenty of scientific experiments in that field, but the Navy doesn't know about them. And then, of course, there was the bomb. I nodded. The thorium bomb, I began, and stopped as I noticed an official change in Lamb's attitude. Exactly, Mr. Tompkins, he observed. The thorium bomb. Nobody, at least outside of the President, the Secretary of the Navy, and professor Chalmus was supposed to know that there was such a thing as a thorium bomb the security arrangements on a thorium project were so drastic roscommon knew all about it i said he also mentioned Chalmus to me the deputy director looked slightly ill he did did he he growled i will teach the navy not to let the bureau handle domestic security hell this thing gets bigger and bigger every minute if roscommon knew about it then anybody could have known why it's been an offense against the espionage act even to print the word thorium outside of chemical textbooks and chalmis is supposed to be in the t b sanitarium at saranac wonder what happened to him i leaned forward he's dead mr lamb i assured him everybody on the alaska is dead the bomb went off and there's nobody left to tell the tale "'How do you do it, Tompkins?' Lamb demanded. "'If you will give us the details and the names of your accomplices, "'I think I can promise you a life sentence instead of the electric chair.' "'Mr. Lamb,' I replied, "'you can promise till the cows come home. "'I, W.S. Tompkins, had no connection with it at all, "'and you can't prove that I had. "'I know about it only because of, well, call it mental telepathy.' i could sit down and tell you exactly what happened on the alaska before chalmers deliberately touched off the bomb but i couldn't prove it and there isn't a living soul who could support or disprove my story and if you place me under arrest i'll be in a position to sue for heavy damages false arrest on a charge of treason is no joke and i'll fight lamb looked slightly uncomfortable well he asked what would you do if you were me let you go, with the Navy howling for action? There are two things I'd do, I told him. First of all, I'd assign a flock of agents to see if they can find out where I was and what I was doing between the 25th of March and the 2nd of April. Harcourt tells me that was the critical period. I don't remember. It's a case of amnesia, I guess. At any rate, I've drawn a blank. You have my fingerprints and photograph, you ought to be able to locate something." Lamb shook his head. "'That's not necessary now,' he replied. "'If Roscommon knew about Chalmers and the bomb, the question of where you were the week before last isn't important anymore. We'd have to check back for at least two years.' "'The other thing I'd do,' I continued, would be to let me go under some sort of open arrest. Fix me up so I can see the intelligence people here and give me a chance to convince them that-I paused convinced them of what he asked tartly. See here, Mr. Lamb, I said, I'm in a hell of a personal jam. For personal reasons, I'm trying to clear things up. Believe it or not, this business about the sinking of the Alaska and the thorium bomb is the least of my troubles. I've got the damnedest case of loss of memory I've ever heard of. As Winford S. Tompkins, I can only remember as far back as April 2nd. But I can remember years before that as somebody else. That's how I happen to know about the loss of the Alaska. How? he asked. According to your theory, everybody aboard her is dead. I nodded. Just the same. I was on the ship when she blew up. In my dream, I mean if you give me a chance to talk to the intelligence heads i think i can prove to their satisfaction not only that i know what i'm talking about but that my knowledge is perfectly legitimate lamb grinned the bureau is in enough fights as it is without being accused of sending a screwball around to bother the heads of g2 and oni i leaned forward i can see your point i admitted i know that in the navy everybody is out to cut everybody else's throat it must be worse when two different government bureaus are involved the deputy director looked at me you seem to know a hell of a lot about the navy for a stockbroker he observed at any rate that idea's out i won't give you introductions and-okay i agreed then let me try to do it my own way i have some friends in the oss i'll see if they can get me in to see general donovan if i have a talk with him perhaps he'll agree to pass me on to the others lamb laughed again <laughs> you don't know washington mr tompkins general donovan's blessing won't help you he declared they hate his guts for trying to make them combine however if you think you can get to see him on your own go right ahead but for god's sake don't say the bureau sent you over all right i agreed then i take it i'm under open arrest i won't try to leave town without telling you any suggestions of where i can find a hotel room for the next few days lamb leaned back in his chair and grinned boyishly the bureau has a lot of authority he declared but it's not god there won't be a hotel room to be had for love or money for the next two weeks roosevelt's death is bringing everybody back to washington president truman is taking over and most officials are too busy to be bothered. Usually it's not hard to get a hotel room over the weekend, but not this time. If you can't get accommodations, phone back here, and we'll fix you up with a cot somewhere in the FBI barracks. Then I'm in the clear, so far as you are concerned, I suggested. Lamb smiled cryptically. I didn't say that, he remarked, and it isn't so. We have nothing specific to hold you on, but the alaska is missing and if you insist the president is dead and you're caught in the middle what will it take to get myself cleared i asked lamb considered if you can get o n i off our necks with a clean bill of health we'll relax he admitted but i give you twenty-four hours to do it admiral ballister's pretty worked up on this alaska business and he wants action I nodded. Okay, I'll give it to him, I said. Okay, Tompkins, he remarked. It's your funeral. But remember, if you're not cleared in 24 hours, we'll be calling you in again, and this time we'll give you the works. Luck was with me. I left the FBI and walked up Pennsylvania Avenue to the Willard. As I followed the cue to the registration clerk at the desk, I heard the man just ahead of me start to say, I want to cancel just a moment sir the clerk said as he picked up the telephone yes madam no i'm sorry i plucked at the man's sleeve don't cancel if it's for tonight i said here's a hundred and i held out two fifty dollar bills the man nodded okay betty he agreed pocketing the money the name's r l grant of detroit name please the clerk asked r l grant of detroit i answered i have a reservation Right, he said. Lucky for you, you wired a week ago. Here you are, Mr. Grant. Please register. End of chapter 15